You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Good morning. It is good to be with you all, especially on such a joyous day as that when we baptize new members and welcome and name children as beloved children of God. Today's gospel message comes to us from John chapter 10 as we continue reflections on the abundant life that Christ promises us as members of his flock. Let us listen to these words from John 10 as Jesus speaks to who are his sheep. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. And this is God's word to us this day. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Many years ago, Pastor David Haywood left congregational ministry and began a ministry focused on drawing cartoons. And in his cartoons, he found a way to critique the institutional church and the challenges that congregations often face in trying to proclaim the gospel while also keeping everyone comfortable. And I thank Melissa for the help in getting a couple of Pastor Haywood's cartoons before us today. Unfortunately, we can probably all recognize the image of the sheep of the church wanting to accept their neighbor who is willing to conform to expectations. If you can't read it here, we've got uh, 
of course you're welcome, just take that off and put this on. Even if we've not personally experienced this common church reality, we're still aware that it happens. The need to conform. We welcome all, but in this blocks and in this format. And likewise, we can recognize the truth and the reality of the image of Jesus bringing back the lost sheep, only to have the main flock declare that that sheep was not actually lost. Um, We intentionally wanted them over there. And I enjoy this one particularly because Pastor Haywood has had fun making the lost sheep take on many different forms, being brought back into a flock that may not be so welcoming. We recognize the sheep of these cartoons because we know that this is a truth of human community. We are comfortable in communities where others follow the expectations that we have for them. We're comfortable when those who are too different are somewhere else, or at least excluded until they're able to conform to what is comfortable for us. And you'll see in both of these particular attention to one of the most divisive issues that we've experienced in the church through the last several decades, that of the acceptance and full inclusion of LGBTQIA people. And I drew on those cartoons specifically in part because just this week we saw another fault line open in the Methodist communion focused on that issue. It's one that we recognize. It's one that we have seen as a prominent and visible division in the universal church. But we also know that there are many deep divisions in the larger community of the church, from our views on abortion to the traditional divisions by race and ethnicity. There is this ingrained part of human nature that seeks to draw boundaries around our communities. We want to know who is in and who is out. And particularly, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm in and not out? We want to know with certainty where we fit. And we see this dynamic play out in middle school hallways, in Congress, and in our faith communities. And it's not new to our time or to our culture. Because today's gospel lesson is a reflection of this desire to define the group boundary from the first century. Jesus is in Jerusalem, and the religious leaders there are trying to figure out who Jesus is exactly, and how he fits into their expectations and their community. This passage that we read today from John 10 takes place um, following as part of a larger narrative that covers John 9 and 10. And we know from chapter 9 that the religious authorities in the temple are upset because Jesus has healed a blind man on the Sabbath. And this goes against the structure and the expectations of their faith. It does not fit inside the boundaries that they have drawn for what is and what is not acceptable Sabbath behavior. 
So they want to know if Jesus is the Messiah. This is the claim that has been made about this teacher from Galilee that's coming and drawing all these crowds. But he's, it's also very clear to them that he is not the Messiah that they are expecting. I mean, he just violated the Sabbath. I mean, yes, he healed a blind man. That's very Messiah-like, fits expectation. But on the Sabbath, in their minds, he's violated a commandment. He's not fitting into their boundaries and expectations. And Jesus responds to their criticism by describing himself as a shepherd, as the good shepherd. It's a passage that you all heard in your Lenten series on I Am statements. We know this image of Jesus, the shepherd. And so today's passage, as we continue in chapter 10, we hear Jesus describe the sheep that he has come to shepherd. And he describes these sheep as those who hear his voice, those who listen to him and follow him. Today we hear Jesus say to those who ask if he is the Messiah, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And it's our nature when we hear these words to want to to raise our hands, to declare, we believe. We hear Christ's voice. We are one of the sheep. We want to claim our place in this flock and in this community. We want to know that we are included. We want to know that we are in the in-group here. And the trouble is that throughout Christian history, many Christians have worked to establish the boundaries of who is in and who is out and to put those boundaries on the flock themselves. And we have witnessed many iterations and different requirements for church membership over the centuries, and some were incredibly violent and coercive. And we cannot and should not ignore that reality. But the problem with all these various requirements, the boundaries we try to place ourselves, is that they miss the main point. Jesus defines the sheep as the ones who hear his voice. And to hear his voice, we must first listen. The only actions that are required to be counted in this great flock is that we hear his voice and we follow him. That's it. But it still leaves many of us questioning. Are we one of the sheep? Do we hear Christ's voice? Or is that something that I just think is Christ? Am I doing a good job of listening? What is the proper way to listen, and could I get a checklist for it? (laughs) Am I understanding the message? Is my interpretation correct? Do I need to go learn Greek? 
Am I following as I should? And in this effort, many faithfully, faithful Christians do develop something like a checklist to assure that they are doing it right. Do I attend church regularly? Check. Do I work to show Christ's love to my neighbors? Check. Do I participate in mission activities and serve the needs of others? Yep. Do I give generously to the church with my time and my funds? Yep. And we complete our checklists with enthusiasm, trying to prove our worthiness to be in the good shepherd's flock. And these actions are all things that do help us very much to hear Christ's voice, to understand what it is that we're hearing to follow. But problems arise when we treat our actions as though it is the action that saves us. And this can be a challenging nuance in our faith. We act because we hear Jesus' voice. We act because we seek to follow. We hear his commandment to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And so we go out and seek to show love to our neighbors and ourselves. But it is not our actions that bring us salvation. It is Christ's promise of abundant life. It is Christ's promise to hold us fast. It is Christ's love that is always there for us. I found that Elizabeth Gilbert put this beautifully in her commentary for Working Preacher on this passage. And so I'm just going to quote her words here. She says, The voice of the Good Shepherd is a voice that liberates rather than oppresses. It does not say, do this, and then maybe you will be good enough to be one of my sheep. It says, you belong to me already. No one can snatch you out of my hand. Secure in this belonging, we are free to live the abundant life which Jesus spoke earlier in the chapter. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The abundant life of which Jesus speaks is not necessarily about abundance in years or in wealth or status or accomplishments. It is the life that is abundant in the love of God made known in Jesus Christ, love that overflows to others. It's the end of our quote. Throughout this Easter season, this congregation is focusing on that promise of abundant life that Christ gives to us all. And this abundance stretches through a large and diverse creation. This abundance includes all those who hear Christ's voice. And it's an abundance that is beyond our human ability to fully categorize or define. As Christians, we can claim a place in this abundant flock. We claim that we belong to Christ. We claim that we hear his voice 
that we believe and that we will follow. And this is a claim that is made in our baptism. Today, we baptized new members, new members for this congregation, but also for the whole abundant flock of Christ. And in this action, we recognize that these children belong to God. We recognize their place and their ability to hear Christ's voice, even when they may not be aware that that thing there is their own hand. Right? We always have that ability to hear Christ's voice. We always have that grounding as beloved children of God. It's not something that we act to achieve. It's not something we get because we're on the right side of some line. It's there because we are beloved children of God. And so today, you have all promised to be part of the flock that walks alongside these children. And we've all been reminded that we are part of a flock that walks together. All of us as baptized ones who claim a place in Christ's flock. And we walk together in part by telling one another our stories by telling one another what we hear in Christ's voice or how we are choosing to follow, and by listening to the wisdom and the insight of everyone that we are called to walk with in this congregation or in the larger church. For these children are baptized into a church that is not confined to these walls, It's a church that stretches across our globe. It's a church that has countless arguments and very deep divisions. It's a family that knows how to crawl under one another's skin and hit where it hurts. But it is also a family that continues to seek out Christ's voice, to listen for God's word to us this day, to hear what is being said, and to follow in the path of love. And we do this best by not trying to hide who we are, not trying to conform to some expectation, but by being open and honest with one another, by being willing to be vulnerable and speak our truth to each other by being willing to take off any conforming fleeces you might have felt like you had to put on. For baptism reminds us that we are all beloved children of God, claimed and called before we're even aware of what that means in our lives. And baptism also reminds us that there is a place for all of us in Christ's abundance and that Christ will hold us all fast in the great community of his sheep. For Christ's flock is an abundant one. 
and we all have a privilege to claim our place in it. But ultimately, we must always remember that it is Christ who calls us, Christ who names us, and Christ who holds us firm. So to God be the glory this day and forevermore. Amen.